Yo, is this thing on? What's up, people? Welcome back to Profitable Conversations. I'm yours truly, Joshua. Profit in the house. We got an exciting show today coming at you. Yes, Mayday. We're doing two streams today. We are doing two streams today, and that is precisely why I need you to... Because we are on a mission to spread some practical religion. Oh, uh, the, the comment thing is off, so we're going to have to figure that out. Um, go to vMix, and then it should be a drop-down overlay. No, vMix social. social. And you have to... I can come do it in a second. Anyway, we have a great show lined up for you today. Failure is inevitable. So that, yeah, that's supposed to, um, on the title, go down to social. Up, go up. No, you passed it. You see where it says title? Yeah, click that. Yeah. What? No, I said go to title and then now click on, and then the drop down is going to say social somewhere down there. It's probably going to be towards the bottom. All right, cool. All right, so, yes. <laughs> All right, we're, we've been working through technical difficulties. That's why we had to push the stream back slightly, but it is all good to go. Failure is inevitable. That is what we're going to be talking about today. A lot of y'all, y'all face adversity and y'all crumble, but... Don't worry. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about how to deal with failure. We're going to get into Tyrese calling out Hollywood. We're, going to, of course, going to go through some you know, prof tips towards the end. We're just going to have fun today. That's what we are going to do. And so Mayday says, two streams in one day. You're darn right. We're going back to back, you know, just like that Drake song. We're we're about to we're about to have uh, T Max says she likes the hat. Thank you. I got this uh, done at Universal. They were doing like custom hats, spray painting. Um, that was down. Uh, I think that was a couple years ago. Uh, we took a family trip down there. My mom, uh, I, and my brother, and we we had a we had a really good time. Hey, let's go, quality people. Welcome into the show, Mama Prophet. Aunt Cindy says time. To get it, you know, you you already know, you already know. They're not gonna be able to handle this. They're not gonna be able to handle this. We 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 are about to get into a great show. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. We'll get to more of your comments further in the show. Let's get into what everybody's here, guys. We lost. The story I'm about to tell you is probably one of the saddest stories that. I've ever experienced in my life. I would come on here and wait, first of all, let me, let me get to the segment. So I would come on here every day and I would say, oh, the softball team is doing great. High speed chicken feed. I was hyping everything up. We hadn't lost. And then we get to the playoffs. We win our first game and then we're one inning into the championship, one inning into the championship, and lightning. It's like, oh, man, maybe God's just delaying the inevitable because we about to win this thing. We had only lost one game all year. The team we were playing in the championship, we had beaten twice already. 
All we had to do was seal the deal. But like the name of this, uh, like the name of this stream, failure is inevitable. So the game gets postponed. We restart exactly a week later. And the crazy thing is we got to restart from where we started from the week prior. So where we left off in the game was we only gave up one run in the top of the first. One run. That's it. Had a great inning. We were about to come and do some damage. We loaded the bases. We had nobody out. That is prime position to just, you know, go on a rally, do some damage, and put your team or put your opponent away early. What did we do? Well, first guy gets up there, pop out. Don't worry, we tied the game up. It was a sack fly. Good job, did your job, did your job, did your job. We only escaped that first inning up three to one. And it was like, okay, maybe we're just a little rusty, hadn't played in a week. But then it was just like the next inning, we didn't score any runs. And so it wasn't like the team that we were playing they, it wasn't like they were doing anything incredible. As a matter of fact, they didn't play their best game either. The end score ended up being 12 to 8, but we lost. And the question that I want to ask and that, that I want to pose good. today is, can losing be a good thing? I want you to put that down in the comments below. Let's start this conversation. Can losing actually be a good thing? I think it can. Here's why. Uh, I always do that. <laughs> Here's why. Oftentimes, you learn more from losing than you do winning. Now, granted, this was the championship game. There's no more games left to play. But you also got to put it into perspective. Why are we playing this game? Is my whole identity tied to this season, to this sport? And I think a lot of people... They tie their identity in things that they do, like their whole identity, whether it's the sport that they play, whether it's the job that they have, even, you know, good things to tie your identity in, like being a mother, being a father, you can take those things to the extreme when you're where, to, the, to the point where you're not balanced, right? Like all your identity can't be in that. Our identity as quality people must be rooted in Christ. The first verse I have that pertains to, you know, the saddest story that I just told you is Proverbs 24, 15 through 17. And this kind of just gives us a little bit of hope. It says, do not lie in the weight like an outlaw against the home of the righteous. Do not or do no violence to the place where the righteous live. For though they fall seven times, they will rise again but the wicked are overthrown by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemies fall and do not let your heart be glad when they stumble. And so the, the thing I want you to hone in on is for though they fall seven times, they will rise again. And it's talking about the righteous. And so if you are living righteously, which that is our goal as quality people, that's our goal as Christians, then even when we fall, we fall down. We're going to get up. I promise you. 
We're going to get up. We're going to rejoice because in the end, we will win. And so that's what you got to put in perspective. It's like, oh, this loss in this area of my life doesn't represent my life entirely, right? That doesn't mean just because I lost a softball championship doesn't mean that I've lost in life. Just because you lost in one area doesn't mean you have lost in your whole entire life. And it also doesn't even mean that you lost in softball, right? Because there's more seasons to come, there's more bats to be had, and there's more games to be played. As long as you have breath, you have hope. As long as, because with that breath, you have the hope to become more righteous. And like the Bible verse says, though they fall seven times, or however many times you fall, they will rise again because they've sought righteousness. So my second point, our ultimate purpose and identity should be rooted in becoming the light of the world. And so that goes back to why we're doing things. Our ultimate purpose and our ultimate identity has to be being light bearers of the light of Christ, of the light of, you know, that comes from the Father. And yeah, softball's good. Sports are good. Having that job is good. Being a mother, being a father is good. But ultimately, your purpose is to spread the gospel and to be a light so that others can, you know, see the light and become the light as well. And so my next verse that I have to highlight that, Matthew 5, 13 through 15, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its flavor, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light the lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all the house. And so that is a good, yeah, I don't know what just happened there. That is a good reminder that even though we might lose in earthly battles, whether it's sports or in moments when things don't seem to go our way, we're still called to be the light because that is our ultimate purpose is winning souls to unto Christ, being a light so that souls can be won for the kingdom of God, not so that we can win a softball game and have the self-gratification. So we always just got to rem- we always just got to remember that. Now, let's move on to failure. How do we deal with failure? Like I said, failure it is inevitable. But how do we properly deal with it when it inevitably comes? God Let's ponder this question. I need you to answer this in the, in the comments. What's the proper way to deal with failure? Or how do you deal with failure? Leave that down because that is exactly what we are going to explore now. As you know, I am a coach of a travel ball baseball team. I coach the, I have the seven, no, 16U. I have a 16U team this year. And one thing that I always have to tell my players is baseball is a game of failure, right? You can't step, well, when you step in that batter's box, you have to know that the odds of you 
succeeding at the plate are actually very slim. And to give you some perspective, this is what I tell them. I say, hey, the best big league hitters, the guys that play professionally, they make the all-star team if they hit 300. That's a, that's a really good year for, um, for anybody. But if you make a 30 on a test, so hitting 300 is basically like every 10 at-bats, you get three hits. If you score a 30 on a test, you bring that home to mom. If she's a good mom, she's going to lay you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'd say that to um, say that sports teach you how to deal with failure because if you dwell on the failure that will inevitably come, then you'll never be good. So you have to set your benchmark for you know what is actually good. So in baseball, it's like, yeah, the benchmark is to, to try to attain is actually failure. And so I got to be able to handle the fact that, hey, if I get up here and I don't do good, maybe it's a crucial situation. Maybe my team really needed a hit, but I didn't get it done. It's like, well, that's okay. I still have another at bat. And that's precisely what my point is leading to. As long as you have another day to live, you have more opportunity to become the person God intends for you to be. Gary. And that's just, that's just basically saying, hey, as long as you wake up in the morning, you have another at bat, right? Don't dwell on the past because you have this moment right now to become more righteous. And like that verse we just went over back in the, um, back in the last segment, the righteous, even if they fall seven times, they will be raised. And so... Now I want to get to this Bible verse. It's John 6, 40. It says, This is indeed the will of the Father, that all who see the Son and believe in Him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. And so back to the theme. We're seeking righteousness, seeking first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Then what does Christ do for us? He will raise us. He will restore us. And so we're not even worried about the things of this world. We're not worried about these temporal, the, the temporary failure because in the end we win. We have the victory. And the victory is the person that you can become, right? The more light that emanates from you as a reflection from the Father. My next point, failure is only if you don't step up to the plate when you have another opportunity. And so it's like, well, we're understanding how to deal with failure. And it sounds like you can't fail. But here is the definition of failure. It's when you basically give up when opportunities are there. You turn away, right? You, turn, you don't turn away from your sin. <laughs> you turn away from the righteousness, and you start walking towards darkness. That's when you have failed. Because then it's not about a game, right? It's not about these earthly things, but it's about your soul. It's about your character. It's about the, your, your mode of being. It's, it's turned towards darkness. 
But ultimately, in whatever that whatever we do, whether it's a sport, whether it's our job, whether it's our role as a family member, we want to be turned towards Christ and turned towards righteousness. It's the last verse I got for you. Matthew 7, 11. 7, 11, you know it's good. It says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And I put that verse because I want everybody to understand that in order to turn away from your failure and to find success in life, you need to be oriented towards Christ. And a lot of people think that, oh, he's not going to provide for me or things didn't go my way because God didn't provide for me. But it's actually the opposite. God's always working things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And if you can get that through your, through your mind, and if you can meditate on that, then you, you'll have a better perspective when things seemingly don't go your way because you'll understand that all things are working for your ultimate good. I want to hear your thoughts. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to get to your comments. I'm going to answer your questions. And we're about to rock out. There's a difference between loneliness and being alone. Oh, please tell us why you decided to... Well, why is this your point? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking? Yeah, so I was watching the video. It kind of brought me back to when I felt lonely. And there was a point where... um, I'll get into, like, my story a little bit later. But there was a point where I was, like okay, I'm on my walk with Jesus, I'm on my walk with God, I'm kind of studying like loneliness, being alone kind of thing. And I learned that loneliness is more of an emotion, whereas being alone is like your setting, is it's it's where you are currently, like if you're like alone in your apartment right. or something. It's something that you're doing in the present. Yes. Yeah. So, and I learned like God works through you when you're alone like when you're alone god has the opportunity to honestly do whatever because you're you have no distractions you have nothing that can hinder that interaction right there so like that's that's their secret place yes yes yeah so that's my big takeaway is i think if people understood that there is beauty in being alone but understand you have to be purposeful in that mo- in that moment alone too. Amen. After that, so you had a Bible verse as well. Yes. And it was Isaiah forty one ten. Yeah. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I chose that one because, I mean, I feel like it's the opposite of what loneliness feels like. Like you feel like you're well, obviously alone. You feel like no one understands you. You feel like you're kind of weak. Right. And I think that Bible verse, like the opposite, it's hopeful. It it shows how having God in your life mm-hmm. can turn those things around.
What's up, quality people? Welcome back to Profitable Conversations. We're in the building today. Shout out to everybody that's live with us today, tonight. Hansen, he says, failure is an opportunity to learn from it. Amen. Hey, I need you to... Hey, because we're on a mission to spread some practical religion. So failure is an opportunity to learn from it. I like that because when you fail, you can either lose, which means you, you know, just leave not taking anything away from it, or you can learn so that when you're placed in a similar situation, you can press forward, right? And better hit the target next time or better accomplish that goal next time. Or Sometimes when you lose, it's a result of you being in a position that you weren't supposed to be in in the first place. So sometimes it's a it's a it's a signal that hey, I need to stay away from this. I don't need to I don't need to turn back for, or I I don't need to go back to this. So for instance, say you really are trying to pursue something and then you fail at it. Well, if you if you really learn, sometimes it's like well maybe I'm this isn't for me. Maybe I'm better using my talents and treasures in a different way. Maybe God has something else in store for me because this isn't it. But if you just keep going back to the well, you're probably going to get similar results. What else we got out here? Mama Prophet says, we're going back to Universal this year. Let's go. I'm all for it. I am all for that. T-Mac in the house. It says, pick yourself up and keep it going. Amen to that. It's like, yeah, we fall down, but we get up. You know? That's a great song because it, it demonstrates the fact that, hey, it says a sinner is just a, wait, because us, what does it say? It's saying it's just a sinner who fell down and then got up. I think I think that's I think that's what it says. But the the idea is that hey, you're just a person fell down in your sin, but now that we recognize that, don't stay down in your sin, right? Turn away, go and sin no more. That is the command that Jesus often said to people before they departed from him. Go and sin no more. So it's like you understand your sin now, repent from it, and from this forward or this moment on, go and seek righteousness. Seek the things of God. Become holy. I like that. Mama Prophet says, losing makes you hungry for the win. You work harder to get better so that you can win the next time. Yes, that is true. But also... It makes some people lazy. It makes some people get so deterred that they can't come back from it. And so that's why we're having this conversation today, to try to give some encouragement to people so that when they do fail, they understand how to properly handle it so that they're equipped with the tool and they can utilize this tool when they do face some adversity and understanding that this isn't the end. I woke up this morning. All right, it's time to go back to work. Let me take the steps to get my stock back up in all areas of my life. All right. 
our profit officer says, after a loss, I pout momentarily and then go to war. First figure out why I lost, then work to correct the mistakes. Exactly. Amen. I love that. Aunt Cindy says, put those things behind and press for or impress towards the mark. God yes. is with you. Yeah, when you're pressing towards the mark, God is with you and you are able to truly truly be raised by Christ. That is the, the raising of Christ. It's like he elevates our being in every sense. So that is what we got. We are about to get into this Tyrese thing. Gary. A little a little thing's not working today. We we like I said, we were working through some technical difficulties. But I think y'all are going to like this segment because this, this is crazy. So, Tyrese called out Hollywood, and he went at him. He went at him hard. That was not supposed to be there. All right. Yeah, Let's they going that. above and beyond to promote the devil, and it's pissing me off. God is with me. Like All right, quality people. They're going above and beyond to promote the devil. And it's, it's ticking Tyrese off. He has something to say about it. So we're about to get into this clip. Shout out to Ruslan because I saw him do a video on this. I'm not going to, I'm going to play part of the video that he reacted to or part of the video that he reacted to. But I'm going to play a part that was before that, just before he got into calling out Hollywood, because I think it was important to understand his mindset, and he dropped a couple gems. So let's get into that right now. John Singleton's son, his, his seventh child, he named Seven, is best friends with my daughter, Soraya. Damn. They're doing play dates at least three days a week Amen. in Atlanta. So it's, it's a tribe, and I'm looking as a person who who is overwhelmed with what God has decided to put me in and has done over my life, even when I've went above and beyond to mess it up myself. Hold up. Woo! Amen. That's some heat. Amen to that. But listen to what he said. Now he's surrounded by a tribe. What is something that we always preach on this, on this channel is we have to build community. It starts with us. It starts with us getting ourselves together. And then, you know, that trickles out to our family, so his daughter, and then it trickles out to the broader community. And then when you have a tribe, when you have a community, then you can start building stronger societies. But this fragmented societies and families that we have here in America and in the Western world is the reason why everything seems so broken. And the result is what Tyrese is going to call out in a few minutes. So stay tuned. God says, I still got you. I love it. Mm. And, and that's what allows for me at 44 years old to still feel like I'm a three-year-old who's, who's in experiencing Christmas every single day, what I drive, where I go, the people I get to meet, mm -hmm. the relationships that I still have over all these years, the laughter that is still in my soul, even though I got every reason in the world to sometimes be depressed and sad right, and emotionally right. and psychologically wiped out. Right. No. Big up to Tyrese because there's a lot of things in this world and in life that you could be down about. There's something every day that you encounter or that you could focus on that could get you down. But the fact that he's seemingly having childlike faith in this season of his life where he's waking up and 
and you can say, oh, it's easy because he's famous and he's got a bunch of money and he's, you know, big movie star and everything. And he's got a notoriety. But not every movie star, not everybody who has the type of fame is, you know, has a happy life. You see it all the time where, you know, a lot of these celebrities are going through mental health issues. But you can tell that this brother has something in him. He has the light of the Lord. And maybe he's not walking perfectly, but who is? At least he is talking about community, talking about good values. And he's going to talk about Christ here in a second. So let's continue. Right, look at my life, bro. I'm on my way. I got Kim Burrell. Yes, man. You know, I used to write here. for her too, right? You used to write for her. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah, man. We I share a lot of just a, a, lot, a lot of the gospel pain come from me. Wow, got uh, you. Yeah. So we got Kim Burrell. <laughs> and Kim was like, you're going to hell. Son. <laughs> <laughs> you should stop. Kim was like, oh, you're lying on the Lord. Mm. She was like, I don't know if the Lord know you playing or you serious. Like, you know, I don't know if these jokes are lies, baby. You know what I'm saying? God God will send you the desires of your heart. I hear you, brother. Right? Imagine being a motherless child. You know. Yeah, man. Intimately. Yes, sir. And then God says, I know what you desire, Mm. and I'm going to send you your mother via Kim Burrell. Hold up. That's incredible. That's also... A good outlook on life. I got to go to the big screen real quick because it could have been easy for Tyrese to sit and pout and mope. God, why isn't my mother here? Why isn't my mother in my life? Or if it was a different scenario, why isn't my father in my life? But when you walk in the light of Christ, he's going to handle all of your needs. And so his heart was open for a blessing. And God blessed him with an amazing woman who he can now fill in and sit and fill that role and fill that void that was lacking in his life. I think that's a, I think that's a very beautiful thing. And the talks and the laughter and the bonding and the conversation that was never there. Now, people know I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. So as a son, I was loaning for the relationship to be better while she was still here. Yes, sir. So I really started loaning for that relationship once she transitioned. So God will send you all of the desires of your heart. Amen. And that, that is something that I want everybody who can hear this interview to know. As much as I'm supposed to be promoting this movie and talking about my album, I just feel like we're in competition right now like for the because algorithm. they are trying to before he gets into that, one, like for the algorithm, but two, understand exactly what he just said. I'm supposed to be promoting my movie. I'm supposed to be promoting what I got going on. But what is on my heart and what we should be doing always is promoting the gospel, promoting Christ. And I think it's beautiful that there's a celebrity here that is bold enough because a lot of celebrities won't talk about their faith because they're scared of, you know, oh, I won't get opportunities. And so this brings up an important question that I want to pose here. God is with you. And it says, what does Jesus really want us to do? Actually, that is not the question. Let me go back. What is the proper way to deal? Nope, that's not it either. There it is. Nope. Okay, there it is. Okay, here we go. Do you think a lot of celebrities hide their feelings about Hollywood's wickedness. So, do you think 
people are, you know, really on board for this? Or do you think most people feel like Tyrese and are just, you know, tight lipped because they don't want they're they're fearful of what it could do to their career? I need you I need I need y'all to chime in in the comment section. Let's get back to the video. Trying to normalize the devil. They are trying to populate. The devil is, is on the main stage at award shows and in every video and yeah, man. signs and symbols. And I said, you know what? We need to stop treating our relationship with Jesus like the little buddy that you talk to before you go to bed at night and not be more vocal about all the things that God means to us and all of the things that God has brought us through. Because there's been a lot of moments that you didn't post about. Mm -hmm. But yet you know, how did God decide to get yeah. me through this? Yeah, man. And yeah, they going above and beyond to promote the devil. And it's pissing me off. Mm -hmm. Because they, they used to, devil worshipers used to be real secretive. Oh, like yeah. Going down in the basement, this yeah, secret man. world. Now they just Now like, they on the ah. device, too. Yeah. 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 I do want to come back, and I want to talk to you about uh, Fast Oh, he don't want to well. talk about it. Big boy don't want to talk about it. But that that is, I thought that was interesting to play. Because it's like, do more people in Hollywood actually feel the sentiments of Tyrese? Where it's like... All are going around promoting the devil right here. You got all these signs. The Grammys look like, you know, one big ode to Satan. All these award shows look like one big ode to Satan. And it's like, what's really important? And, a, and, and he says it. A lot, of, a lot of these people, they might be on their knees asking God to bring them through a certain situation. But then when it's time for them to accept that award— it's like, oh, it was me. They get on the agenda. And God don't like that. Stop, stop pimping God. Because that's, that's what you're doing. You're pimping God. You're using him, getting on your needs, trying to get what you need from him, but then elevating yourself when the time is right. And you're participating in Hollywood's wickedness because you'll, you'll, you'll get on your knees and pray, and then you'll participate and sell yourself out and have, be in a video with all these different signs and all these different symbols that don't represent who you are. Or maybe it does. Because maybe you really don't have the light of Christ. Maybe you're just experiencing in this season of your life some worldly success. But like Tyrese let in, he's having peace because he has a strong community. And a lot of these celebrities, they don't have that. That's why you see celebrities a lot of times, you know, taking themselves out of this world. You see a lot of celebrities checking themselves into rehab, dealing with mental health issues. And, I mean, Tyrese has had, a, uh, had his fair share of it, but he seems like he's in a good place. But think about where his mentality is. Think about where his focus is. It's on Christ. And he's boldly professing it. That should be an encouragement to all of us. Let me get to our, to our points. This world isn't for you. It is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you just as they did Christ. So here's the verse I got for you. Matthew 7, 11, actually, 2 Corinthians 11, 3 
But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceives Eve by its cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so this goes back to what I just said. We have to have our eyes and our minds fixed on Christ. Otherwise, we are going to be beguiled by the serpent, right? Our thoughts are going to be led astray. And so you can claim that you're, you know, down for God and that you're down for the good, but then you're always going to crumble in the face of adversity when they tell you to, hey, throw up this symbol here. Yes, sir. When they tell you to, when they tell you to change your lyrics, sing, sing, sing the song this way that is, you know, representative of wickedness. You'll say, okay, I'll do that, rather than being bold and saying, no, there's just certain things that I'm not going to do because I'm in this world and I participate and utilize the tools in this world, but I'm not of this world. And so I won't utilize the tools for wickedness. I won't utilize the tools to denigrate society. I'm always going to utilize the tool to bring light to the world, just as Christ did. Because, like this verse says, pure devotion to Christ. You have pure devotion to Christ, your thoughts will not be led astray. Here's my second point. Do not let the imagery of this world steer you away from your walk with Christ. And that was represented in that verse that we just did. You must have pure devotion to Christ, people. And that's what I really wanted to get through to you. But again, I want to know, do you think a lot of these celebrities hide their feelings about Hollywood's wickedness? I think a lot of people know that it's wrong, but they're too scared and cowardly of, you know, losing their little bit of fame, losing their little bit of fortune. They're trying to store up earthly treasure rather than storing up heavenly treasure. And I think that's a big mistake. That's what I think. I want to know what you think. We'll be right back. It's, it's in the book. Yep. But uh, the fruits of the Spirit, like love, gentleness, kindness, self-control, um, just those different things, uh, peace. And so when you see those things out in the world, then you can you see God materialized in the world. Yes. And so when you stop looking for him, say, like in a crystal, it's like— yep. Oh, you think God is confined to like this yeah, rock or something? Yeah, that's exactly it's what like it you're, was. It's like you're putting a boundary on something exactly. that should be, you know, seen in the world that's always ever expansive. Yep. And so, and, and you, you can't grow if you're constantly trying to find him here, here, and here. Oh my God. Rather than yes. finding him through the world with the new things that get discovered, yep. but also measuring against the old truths that are foundational to the new things that have been discovered. Yes. And so finding the thread in that, that's where that's where you see God. God is with me. Profitable Conversations is back, people. I'm Joshua Prophet. We got some comments. Let's get to them. Sonia Prophet says, of course they hide it. Celebrities are not cutting off their gravy train. If their source is Jesus, they could talk about Jesus and not flow with the mess of 
and the masses. People, I need Break you to... Break the algorithm. Because we're having a quality time here tonight. We had a Faith and Beyond show earlier. We're in a profitable conversation show today. Um, before I get to some more comments, I do... I do... Hold on, let me get to that one. Okay. I do want to put up our schedule. So, here's our schedule. Uh, our... Some of our systems and sheets are broken, so the times are a little bit off. But nevertheless, this is essentially our schedule. No show on Monday. Tuesday is up in the air. I believe I will be coaching. If it's if we coach early that day, if we can get back in time to set up a show, then we'll go live Tuesday. But as of right now, just plan on no show. We will have some content. We are taking the cameras, so we will be filming content on the go. And putting it out for you guys. So just because there's no stream, don't mean that you can't tune in to the quality live. So come and get this quality content. Wednesday, we'll be right back at it at a normal time. Uh, actually, 30 minutes earlier um, at 9 p.m. Thursday, we'll be at our normal time on Thursday at 7 p.m., not 12 a.m. Who's got time for that? And then um, Friday, we'll have a profitable conversation. Not sure what time. It'll probably be around seven, maybe in the afternoon, might be doing a double trouble depending on what Kenya has going on. But that's our schedule. Let's get into some more comments before we get into our last little bitty segment. So Han City says, yes, they are and strategic. Cuban Gooding's brother took a stand and won't wear a dress or act effeminate. He's not a fame he's not as famous due to that. Wow, yeah. And people say, can you put that back up? People say like, oh, he's not as famous as if it's like, oh, that's a bad thing. Not saying that, that that's what you're saying on Cindy. But if someone were to read that, it's like, oh, well, he should have just, you know, gave in. It's just it's just some clothing. And it's like, no, like it's it's what the clothing represents and what bowing to an authority like that represents. If you're willing to bow to wicked authority, then you're going, if you don't stand for something, you're going to just, you know, fall for whatever that they, whatever they give you. There's plenty of times in the Bible, it says, render under, render under Caesar's what is Caesar's. But there's always times in the Bible where they are breaking the laws of Caesar. If it, if it was not aligned with you know the principles of God, if it wasn't aligned with the ways of God, and so I think we also need to remember, it's like, hey, just because we're under these laws of the land, if they come out and say that everybody has to do this, and it is totally the antithesis of what we stand for, then we should stand strong because as Christians, there's a lot more of us. Than, or at least that claim it, then there are of, you know, because there's a lot of Christians in the United States. But when the rubber meets the road, when things get thick, we'll see who's really walking the way of God by, you know, the fruit that they produce, by the stances that they take. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I am eager to see cats take on Fox. Yes. So I haven't, um, T-Mac uh, sent us a video. I haven't watched it, but I think that's one of the videos that we're going to try to react to when we're on the road. So I am, I'm really excited about that as well. Do you have any more comments? 
Oh, Sonia, it is something else. Yes. All right. So that is it. We're about to get to our last segment. Gary. Prof tips. And so as y'all know, I have been reading through the New Testament. So earlier I was reading through Luke 8. So I'm on chapter 8 of Luke, John, and uh, Matthew. I haven't gotten into, what's the other one? Luke, John, oh, Mark. So I haven't gotten into Mark yet as far as like my Bible plan. But I, I thought I saw, I saw something interesting and it made me pose this question because a lot of people say, just believe, you're not believing enough. And it's, they give it up to like this Gnosticism for why things in your life aren't going the way that they're supposed to or the way that, or, or in a good direction, in a productive direction. And they're like, you just don't believe in Christ enough. Or you need to do these things. But that got me thinking. God is with you. What does Jesus really want us to do? And so that is what I'm going to explore in this segment is what does Jesus want us to do? And I think I found the answer in Luke 8, 19 through 21. Because Jesus just basically says it plainly. He says... Then his mother and his brothers came to him. So Jesus is basically being mobbed. There's a, there's a big crowd of people, and they're like, oh, this guy is amazing. He's the Messiah. We want to come around him and see what he can do for us and see if he's really the Christ. And so there's a big crowd of people around him. So it says, then his mother and his brothers came to him. So his family, his blood family, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told your mother and your brother are standing outside wanting to see you. But he said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the words of God and do it. And so I'm going to pose this question God is with you. again. What does Jesus really want us to do? Well, he says it. He says it right here. He says, my family the people that are on my team, my squad, are those who hear the word of God. Not just hear the word, but they do it. And I think a lot of times we get lost as Christians with, oh, you just need to read your Bible and you just need to you know, do this. You just need to do that. But what's my big thing? My big thing is, hey, you need to live church, right? You don't need to just go to church. But it's like, what do you do beyond church? Are you engaging in communion with people in a loving and fellowship or in fellowshipping with people and edifying people outside of church? Because a lot of people, the truth is, a lot of people, y'all just go to church just to get something for yourself. What? Yeah. That's all that's the only reason you go to church, so that you can stand there and be emotionally moved by the music and you cry and then the pastor has the altar call and you get up there and the pastor touches your head and and then and then you leave feeling good but then you're not changed because you don't you leave there with the inspiration hearing the word of god but then you don't do it and so when i read luke 8 today i was like man his mother and his brothers 
are waiting on him, trying to get to him. But he's like, hey, like, my calling's bigger. All of you guys are my family. If y'all are hearing the word of God, if y'all are hearing the things that I'm saying, and y'all are doing it. And so we're all a family now. So I thought that was really powerful. Let me get to my points here. When the word of God is heard, true believers respond. And so there's always a response to hearing the word. And so that's kind of represented in the altar call. It's like you just heard the word. The pastor says, hey, if you believe in your heart, you know, that Jesus is Lord, we believe that you're saved. Come on down to the altar. We want to, we want you to make a public display uh, of your, of your salvation, essentially. And so that's a response, right? But that's just a response out in the public. That doesn't necessarily mean that, because I mean, anybody can just do that. Anybody could just walk up there, right? But you have to leave there and you have to live church. You have to start living the word of God. He says right there, hear the word of God and do it. He doesn't just say, go down to the altar and raise your hand and have everybody clap for you. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. We are so glad. Yes, we are glad. And we're, we're so glad that there should always be somebody in the church that holds that person accountable to make sure that they're not just hearing the word and just having a momentary and emotional response because they understand the implications and the, and the freedom that comes with it, but then they don't do it outside of that altar call. They don't do it outside of Sundays, right? They go back to, you know, doing the, the nature of their flesh. And so that's what I want you guys to avoid. I have another verse that I found super interesting that kind of ties into this. It's from James. And it says, But be doers of the word and not mere, merely hearers who deceive themselves. And so people who just go to church on Sundays, people who you know, are going to get their blessings on Sundays, Maybe tune into the prayer line on Fridays. Oh, that was great, sis. You really played, you, you, you prayed the paint off the wall. It just blessed my soul. It's like, what? Yeah, get out of here. You're a train wreck. Because if you're not being a doer of the word, word you're merely just deceiving yourself. That's what it says. It says it right here. But be doer of the word and not merely hearers who, what? deceives themselves. That all goes back to the concept of living church. I'm an, and I'm going to preach that till, <laughs> till uh, I'm going to preach the paint off the walls on that because I really want you to be transformed to practically apply religion to your life rather than, you know, adopting this Gnosticism where it's like, oh, I just got to believe enough. I got to clap my hands hard. I got to stomp my feet. I got to make a show. There's, there's that Bible verse, I forget exactly what it is, but it says like, hey, don't do things out in public just to get, you know, recognition and admiration, basically like the sinners, like the wicked, but do things in secret. 
right? You should be transforming yourself when nobody's looking. You should be walking this thing out, not just when you're at church, when you're around people, so that you can appear like a good person, but you should actually be becoming a good person day in and day out, whether you're in a church setting or a large gathering of people where people are, can visibly see you out in public. But what are you doing in private? Here's my last point. Anyone could possibly consume information or hear the word, but if there is no application, what use is the data? I mean, we had that, um, that verse earlier about us being the salt of the earth, but if we lose our flavor, if we lose the saltiness, then it's not good for anything. The only thing you're good for is to be trampled underfoot. And so be hearers of the word or, and also doers. So be hearers of the word, but also apply the word to your life so that you can be transformed. I encourage you people to live church. We're going to take one more break. We'll get to your comments and then we'll dismiss. In my early 20s, I, I was still like believing, but I wasn't necessarily obeying things that God wanted me to do. And I was kind of like taking things in my own hand and I was trying so hard to just take the pen and write my own story. And I ended up just kind of in this spiritual ditch from it. Um, and I was so deeply, deeply depressed. And I would considering just ending it all and I stopped and I was like Hallie you have just driven yourself into this place because you keep trying to take the pen away from God and what if you just like actually handed him back the pen and did the things he's telling you to do instead of everything that you think is a good idea about that time to dismiss it's been a great afternoon great lineup of shows we've had some great conversations here on the quality life make sure that you hey we're on a quest to get to 500 we are only 14 subscribers away so make sure you are you know posting this on sharing this with your family with your friends on your social media platforms because we're trying to get to that 500 mark and then We'll get to, you know, the 600 and the 700. Keep moving that mark and pressing forward. But we really need your help. So, But I want to thank everybody who has been on this journey with us. It's been a great journey. It's been a fruitful journey. It's been edifying because we've gotten to come on and do live content. And so we've had to make sure that we have become sharper in our speech, sharper in our understanding of not only the word, but how to convey that to others, and to better minister the gospel. So let's get to your comments. T-Max, or Mama Prophet says, Amen. We must respond to the word. Sometimes it helps others or maybe change our own behavior. I think it does both because that's what the word does. When we respond to the word, then we're constantly being you know, molded, like God is constantly 
he's able to take you through the process of him as the potter and you are the clay. And so you're constantly, your edges are constantly being smoothed, those rough, those rough spots. And so helping others helps yourself. It's, it's like the concept to break this down. When I was growing up, I taught my brother how to play baseball. Um, nobody in our family before us played baseball. So I was only taking my limited knowledge and helping my brother play. I had good, I was blessed with good athleticism and good ability as far as being able to play baseball. But me helping my brother and teaching him really helped me to understand more of the ins and outs of baseball, more of the ins and outs of the swing, and me having to break it down to him because he was, I mean, he was young. He was a baby, or not a baby, but he was like a toddler. He was like three, four, five years old when I started teaching him. That helped me elevate my game because I was actually, you know, having to teach him. And so I was getting a better understanding for myself. And so a lot of people don't understand that service helps you more than just, you know, taking what you can from a situation. And that's a perfect example. So, yeah, I do agree with that. Amen. 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 The response should be convicted, confess, and change it. Hey, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's like, hey, come as you are, but leave like Christ. It's like you can't leave the same as you came. Every time, every time. That goes for every service. Because if you're not, then, I mean, even, and that goes from the pastor, the head of it, all the way down to, you know, I guess the the lowest position in the church, not the lowest valued person, but the lowest position in the church. If they're not leaving more transformed than they came in, then they aren't teaching the word and they aren't applying the word in the correct manner. And Christ isn't able to raise them above adversity when it comes because they won't have the proper tools to utilize it when the enemy, which Satan means adversary. So when adversity hits you, when Satan comes into your life, you're not, you don't have the tools to, to help you overcome that situation. It's because you're not leaving. Transform. You're coming in the same and you're leaving the same or even worse. And that's not good. Luxurious Elements LLC says, you have to have the connection with God. Don't just show it in church, show it outside the church. Yes. Amen. Like, again, when you leave the church building, do you continue to have church? Do you continue to fellowship with people? Do you continue to pour into your tribe around you, your community around you, and to you know live church? Like I said, Mama Prophet says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Yeah, so it was, that was, that verse was talking about, hey, don't pray out in the open. Oh, la-di-da, like, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, I bless your soul. And it's like, who are you praying to? You're just out here in the corner. Are you just trying to put on a show right now? And so 
that's one thing that's happened where churches become more of an entertainment show, an entertainment spectacle, and that is shifting our focus away from leaving transformed. There's nothing wrong with having high production value, having, you know, putting on a show for Christ, but the focus always has to be towards Christ. And that message should be clear and plain as day, that people are there to hear the gospel and then to do the gospel, which means to go out and live it and spread it in their fellowship with other people. If that is not clear and that is muddled by, oh, they have a great band. The great band should be, you know, the topping on the cake. The great band should be like, oh, like that's that's just a cool part of why I choose to attend this church. But the reason I attend this church is because we get after it. We're being transformed more into the image of Christ daily, weekly. Learn it, live it, and lead it. Go, Josh. God is with you. I like it. Mom Prophet says, and when you pray, uh, that was Matthew 6 and 7. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, eh, you're, you're being a hearer and a speaker at that point. But again, are you are you doing the word? Is it in your heart to where it is being expressed through you? And the answer is probably not. You're probably just like the pagans at that point. Almost dinner time. What you eating? I don't know. I was thinking about maybe going out to eat tonight. <laughs> Kenya's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, so shout out to Kenya though. For the last two nights, we've had steaks. That were wonderful with potatoes that were wonderful. And uh, oh, also green beans. So yeah, we've had we've ate really good home cooked meals all week. I got some more burgers in there that I'm probably gonna have to cook before we leave tomorrow to go to the trip. But I think we deserve, you know, a nice little date night out. We haven't had one of those in a while. So I think we're gonna go out. What about Zens? You wanna go to Zens? She's like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, we're going to Hibachi tonight, people. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got for you. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a pleasure having this profitable conversation with you. Uh, remember, next week, um, I'll put it up on our screen one more time. No show Monday for sure. Tuesday, up in the air. Wednesday will be at 9 o'clock. Thursday, not 12 a.m., 7 p.m. Friday, um, we'll let you know a better time, but we will have at least a profitable conversation on that day. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, share this with your family and friends. Break for the algorithm. Hey, we'll see you next week. Also, we, we will have videos coming out, so stay tuned for like new videos. They won't be clips. They will actually be new content that we're filming on the road, so make sure you tune in for the, that new content because we're going to premiere it. So it's going to be similar to us live streaming, but we're not just going to do it live because we're not going to have like the good internet and all that good stuff. But make sure you stay tuned to that. We will see you next week.